But okay, so let's talk about IRAs and in general, right? Okay, so what does IRA even stand for? It's an individual retirement account. Okay, individual retirement account. What makes it different than a normal 401k or these other things? Well, <clears throat> every type of retirement account uh, is a little bit different. The general rules all apply regardless. So I also want to preface when I answer this question is a self-directed, which I think we'll get to shortly. Whatever we're talking about, you can do in a self-directed manner. Meaning if you want to have an IRA traditional, it allows you to put so much amount of money in there. And the difference between a traditional and a Roth um, is it's pre-tax or tax dollars. Meaning a traditional means you, if you made $100,000 and you um, contributed six thousand dollars into your traditional. You'd only pay taxes that year on ninety four thousand dollars of your income. Right. That means though it's it's already been taxed or it's not been taxed. It grows tax free, but comes out you pay taxes. Yep. A Roth, if you made hundred thousand dollars and you contribute six thousand um, uh, dollars, a Roth, you've already paid the taxes. So that means when it grows and comes out, you pay nothing. Right. Um, the limitations and what you can do are about the same. Um, there's simples and seps, but you you you, you said 401ks. 401ks are kind of sexy because there's a lot of different things with 401ks and simples and seps where you can contribute more than the the six or seven thousand dollars. Many people that are listening to this are like, "Cool, this sounds great, but it's only six thousand dollars I can put in." Right. Um, if if you're wanting to put away and contribute more money, the the IRS has created different types of retirement accounts to allow you to put more money in. For example, I have an individual self-directed 401k, and and now this year I'm able to contribute between me, the employer, and me, the employee, up to fifty two thousand dollars this year. Mm-hmm. You could never do that in a traditional or Roth, if that makes sense. Yeah. So there's just different rules, like again with the simpler set, and that's a percentage based upon how much money you make. And so, but the rules mostly are, are, are for, the, for the most part, the same. The different types of accounts really just change how much you can contribute. Right. Yeah. I had a SEP IRA. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> and I remember the reason I got it was because I wasn't looking for after tax dollars when I retired. I was looking for tax help today. Today. Yep. And I think at the time I was able to contribute like 54 or something a year. Yep. And so I did that for a few years. And then after that, I was just like, I don't even want to do this. Like, I'll just buy more real estate and depreciate. Uh-huh. That was kind of my plan. Yep. So that's where, that's where I ended up. Um, but I never really fully understood the difference between the Roth and the SEP. But what you're saying is the Roth is simply after-tax dollars. Yeah, Roth is after-tax dollars. It's powerful, especially, I mean, again, the Peter Thiel concept. Right. Is, I mean, let, let's, I mean... Let's say that you know someone comes to you and wants to start a a marketing company, and uh, in that marketing new company, they just they, they just want you to be part of it, and you and you're going to be an investor, and you put up ten thousand dollars for twenty five percent. Right. Well, if you do it in your Roth, it's it's even better than you know depreciating assets. So so it it really depends upon what kind of assets you want to buy and how much money you have to to contribute. So that's why you know we always talk about when we talk to our clients. You know, everyone's a little bit different. A Roth isn't for everybody. If right. you're having a tax problem today, a, a SEP or a 401k might be the right answer. Which one of those, though, allows you to like put a bunch of money in it? Well, there's the, the two that allow you to do the most are typically a 401k or a defined benefit plan. Okay. Those two um, 
you're able to put a lot of money into. Now, when I say a lot, the defined benefit plan, there, there's a whole calculation. There's a third-party company we work with that helps you figure out how much you can put up. Um, but it's 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 considerable. You, you can put up hundreds of thousands of dollars. Okay. Uh, I would say that our most common um, that we see with, with most of our uh, accounts at, at, at Horizon Trust is we see people do 401ks. They have an LLC. They're the, typically a sole, sole owner of their LLC. We create a retirement plan for their, for their LLC, a 401k. And inside of that 401k, we create a Roth account. So it allows you to contribute like up to fifty dollars or $52,000 into a Roth account for your 401k. It's creative. Um, and that's what I'd say most of our business owners are doing. Okay. And so then what they're doing with that money is they're looking for more passive investments. Like when you're doing, you know, these, you know, I know, Ryan, you, you've got a wide variety of, at least that's what I've, I've learned of different asset classes that you're in. Yeah. You, you get to pick and choose. But if there's ways where you might just want to lend. And, right. you, and you get a piece of the deal, like that guy who lent me the $60,000 for 75% of the deal. Yeah. That, that's the perfect example for you to either invest in a business or, or lend to somebody on terms, on a percentage rate. And so that's, that's where I see most people uh, using this 401k. I just, my whole, the, the, the message I like to share and, and, and get out there is whatever you're currently doing, like, like let's, let's talk about wholesaling. Wholesaling is kind of an easy one, yep. right? So let's just say that, Every year, you just put two wholesale deals in your Roth IRA. So, so you put it, you 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 do two deals. Let's say that you you put up five thousand and what you, you flip it for fifteen or twenty. Is that a fair number? You tell well, me. I mean, do you got to actually buy the property because wholesale? You don't buy it. You know, I'm not saying you buy it. I'm just saying you put the money. The earnest money. The earnest money. Okay. I mean, I know you can do it for a thousand, but let's just say. Okay. What's the average? They'll let you do that with wholesaling. Mm-hmm. So my earnest money is the investment. Mm-hmm. That I didn't know. Yeah. Because so, I, I was always told, so with my SEP IRA, they always said, hey, for you to self-direct it, and we didn't even talk about self-direct, so we got to cover that too. Uh-huh. But they were like, you could self-direct it into a property that you have to buy. And so that first year, I remember I put like 50-something thousand. I'm mm-hmm. like, I can't buy anything, right? Like not here in Vegas. And so the next year, I put in another 50-something. And then I was like, okay, I got over 100. I can buy a mobile home now. can do something. Yeah. And so I bought a mobile home. I flipped it. And it became like 130. Then I did it again and became 150. And then it's funny because then during COVID happened, and I took it all out of the real estate, and I bought stocks because okay. I had never been a stock guy. I was like, dude, these stocks are so undervalued. This is stupid. It's crazy. Yeah. I'm like, I, I don't even know stocks, but Tesla shouldn't be worth this. Yeah. So I, I put like... 50 grand in Tesla. I put yeah. like a bunch in all these other stocks and then my money doubled in like three months. I was like, did you pull it out? Yeah. <laughs> I was like, I'm a genius stock trader. <laughs> like I'm the best. And so then it became like 300,000. Yeah. And then, yeah, I mean, I just kept like doubling it up yeah. just with the different ways of investing. And then I ended up putting it into one of my fund deals because I was like, all right, you know, I don't really care to flip with it. Like I'm going to go put it in one of my own syndications. Yep. Um, and that's where it currently is today. But um, I guess my point with that was, I, to me, the rule was with the SEP, you had to actually own 100% of the property. You could not have leverage or anything. Well, well, well there's, there's two points here to talk about. First, your retirement account can leverage. It's got to be non-recourse leverage. Mm. So we we have lots of providers that that are looking to lend to our account holders. Okay. So if a guy wants to buy a home for a hundred thousand dollars and only has fifty, 
we've got several funders that will do a non-recourse loan. It has to be non-recourse. An IRA cannot guarantee the loan that it borrows. Makes sense. So they never told me that. Yeah. Okay. So so we so we have that, uh, and then the 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 uh, second thing is is the example I was giving on on wholesaling. You don't have to like we we've got guys that do uh, lots of them that wholesale one or two deals a year. They'll put down earnest money contract the contracts between their IRA and then the buyer. Yeah. Right. And they'll put down five thousand dollars. Let's say. They flip it, right? 30 days, 60, whatever it is. Wholesale it. And so now that money goes back from title to the IRA, to the Roth. And so that five is $25,000. So now you do that. And and that's, again, that's my big message for people is we all, if you're good at real estate or whatever it is, business you're in, that's awesome. Keep doing it. And and income's awesome. Live your life. But you should be putting some portion of your money in something where you're not paying taxes at all. Mm -hmm. Because all of a sudden you're going to look back at this like you are with your... You, you, you with your fifty thousand dollar, you put in a hundred. Let's say you put in a yeah. hundred thousand dollars, and I don't know what it is now, but it's more than three hundred. You just told me, yeah. And, and so, and that happened. Sounds like pretty damn quick. Yeah, very that wasn't fast. like so. So, and it's not like you're and you didn't pay taxes on any of those gains. Mm-mm. And so, if everyone can just do a little bit of that, and so then all of a sudden you look back after five or ten years, and your five or ten thousand dollars is a hundred or two hundred. Believe it or not, that's. For, for a lot of people, that's a big deal because when you do turn 60 and let's say you have a million or a half a million dollars in there that you didn't pay tax on and now you put it in a fund and it earns eight or 9% or 10, right? Let's, let's be yeah. conservative. Yep. You can live off that interest. So now you can live to 150 years old because you can <laughs> live, live off the interest. Well, maybe not 150 because inflation, but, yeah. but, but that's the message because there's so many people that I see that are crushing it, doing well, but they're paying their taxes, moving on. And then all of a sudden they look back after five years and they've put all their monies, bless you, all all their monies into their business or into the next deal. And then look, if 2008 happens and the wrong year at the wrong time, yeah. and you don't have a little, you know, this nice little nest egg. So I look at it as kind of my, even though I make, I make, I, I my money will sit in my IRA for four or five months and do nothing at my, at, at our custodian. And I'm okay with that because I'm waiting for the one or two deals yeah, yeah. that are flips. Right, that are a quick hundred percent returns or twenty five, thirty percent returns, and that's what I feel like people need to be doing a lot more of. Right, 